In our study, A Journey Through the Scriptures, we've been learning how to practice the ancient discipline known as Lectio Divina. It's a way of reading Scripture slowly, reading deeply as opposed to broadly, where we resist the temptation to, say, read the Bible in a year, but rather peel back the layers of Scripture as we might peel back the layers of an onion. Lexio Divina invites us to wander in wonder with the Scriptures, taking nothing for granted, sitting even at times perplexed with the strangeness of these encounters with Jesus that we read in the Scriptures, and exploring how the scriptures interpret our lives rather than simply interpreting the text. Today's gospel reading from Matthew is especially challenging for us, and it certainly invites us to sit and chew on it for a while. It is Christ the King Sunday. So we read a passage where Jesus is telling the disciples what the kingdom looks like. In the throne room of God, the sheep will be assembled to the right and the goats on the left. And as we learn from Jesus, if you think you're a goat, you're probably a sheep. If you think you're a sheep, well, you're probably a goat. So what do sheep look like? Sheep are those who are so attentive to Christ and to the way of love that they empty themselves for the good of others without concern for their own well-being, so much so that they never even realize it when they are sharing what they have with others. They're just sharing the love and grace of Christ as a matter of course. Sheep have no idea that they're working the works of God. They don't realize that their acts of generosity participate in the self-offering of Christ. They are simply faithful stewards of their resources and after a life well-lived, a life of self-emptying, they discover that they have been serving the king all along. The goats, on the other hand, those of us who think that we're sheep, hold on to what they have, keeping everything ready at hand for when the king comes in all his glory, and we know that we will not mistake Jesus at His coming. We're well-versed in Scripture. We make our pledge, even turning it in on time. We follow all the rules. We give money and food to the food pantry. We volunteer at church. We know that it wasn't Jesus who passed us on the street the other day asking for a little change. We know it wasn't Jesus holding that sign on the off-ramp on our way into the city. We know it wasn't Jesus who called just to talk on the phone the other day, which is why we cut the conversation short. Here's 
what's so fascinating about this particular scenario that Jesus paints for his followers. If we go about our days looking for Jesus, chances are we will pass right by the Lord. But if we really see our neighbor, if we really see the stranger on the street, if we really hear the stories, the anxieties, the needs, even the joys of others and receive them as our own, in seeing and hearing, in other words, in being present with our neighbors and with the stranger, we will see Christ. It could be easily said of any of us, at least at various points in our lives, I know it can be said of me, that we are often so busy looking for God that we fail to see the other. If I cannot see my neighbor, I will not see Christ. As much as you did not do to the least of these, my brothers, says Jesus, you did not do to me. She came knocking on our door when we were living in Tampa. She was an immigrant who was having trouble finding work. She wasn't asking for money. She was looking for a job as a housekeeper or helping around the house so that she could earn a living. Amanda and I lived in a small home which needed little attention. And Amanda stayed at home with Wiles and Ada um, because they were young, just three and two at the time. We were barely affording to take care of ourselves, much less hiring someone to help around the house. I sympathize with the woman's request, but I can't say that I really saw her or truly listened to her cry for help. I think about that encounter often when I reflect on what it means to be a child of God, what it means to treat the needs of the stranger as my own. Benjamin Zander, in his book, The Art of Possibility, talks about two shoe salesmen from London going to Africa in the early 1900s, tasked by their company to figure out if there was a market for selling shoes there. The first man assesses the situation and sends a telegram back to London saying, situation hopeless, stop. They don't wear shoes. The second man sends his telegram saying, glorious possibility, stop. They don't know about shoes yet. Seeing what's possible is a spiritual matter. It requires a disposition of faith toward others and the world where we receive others with the re reckless abandon of God, where we receive others not simply for who they are, for what they look like, or who we think they might be, 
Rather, we receive the other for who we know that God is making them to become. We receive the other for who God is making us together become family. When she came to our door asking for help, I did not see my sister. I saw a stranger. I did not receive her as she needed to be received. It doesn't even mean that we should have hired her as our housekeeper, but I failed to welcome this one in need as my friend, as my sister in Christ. And in the process, I overlooked Jesus standing on my doorstep. In a homily on this passage from Matthew's Gospel, St. Augustine speaks to his congregation in North Africa saying, Do not look for what you have, but for what you are. Give your own self, and yourself you shall gain. Augustine speaks of giving ourselves to the life of faith, to the way of love, who is Jesus. But Augustine says that we are to give ourselves as we are, in whatever state of wealth or poverty, calm or stress, joy or sorrow. However goat-like or sheep-like we think we are, our calling is to give ourselves away, to empty ourselves for the faith. In so doing, in so doing, we come to possess, as St. Gertrude has said, the very heart of Christ. It is here that we realize that giving ourselves away looks like receiving the other where they are, in whatever state they're in, with the same wild receptivity and grace with which we have been received by Christ. And so I invite you this week to engage in a little Lexio Divina, to read and reread this passage from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. I'll be sending out a reflection a little bit later on verse 46, especially that at first read seems to offer little hope for those of us who has turned Jesus away at our doorsteps. This particular verse has more to do with pruning than it does with eternal fire. And we all have pruning to do in our lives if we are not to overlook Jesus in our midst. And it is best that we do this pruning sooner than later. For with St. Augustine, we recognize that being citizens in God's kingdom is about pruning from ourselves all the distractions that keep us from seeing the other in their divine possibility. It's not about figuring out who the sheep and who the goats are. That is apparently goat-like behavior. Rather, the kingdom of God 
is about receiving each other with the reckless abandon of Christ because we know we know and it is our hope that love makes all things even us goats new Amen <laughs>